Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Jay. Hi, Marie. And hi, listeners. Welcome to season two of Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes from this week's Kardashian content. That's right. And we're coming to you live, not live, but we're coming to you from the polyester headquarters in London, England. Yes. The girls go to the UK. Girls are all together. Yes. Okay. Big week for the Kardashians. Yes. Because American Horror Story has premiered. The Kardashians is going to premiere soon. And we have watched both because we have Kardashian screeners and don't worry, we illegally torrented the other one, AHS torrent. I don't know. I don't know. We did something illegal to watch it. (laughs) So don't you worry. We didn't No scabbing here. Yeah. No, no, this is a no scabbing zone. Speaking of no scab zones, would you please read our pledge? This podcast was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, American Horror Story would not exist. We're going to talk first about the Kardashians. Kardashians. And actually, like, it was another softball episode, premiere episode. Starts with a vacation. We realized we think a lot of, like, the seasons, we're going to go back and check this, kind of start with, like, family vacation. Right. Each moment with all the girls. And then they're going to like kind of take us into the work dramas, the family dramas, and it like goes into more of a labyrinth as the season goes on. So we start in Cabo. Yes. Um, and Courtney's notably absent. And why is she absent? Because she's mad. And I'm pretty intrigued with like the narrative structure. Well, I'm intrigued with the implosion that's happening. Basically, Kim and Courtney are still fighting. And it's because. They have now seen the edits from the last season of their Dolce and Gabbana fight. And they're seeing shit that the other said in like confessionals and to friends and da da da. da and they're like pissed about it. Like Courtney's triggered. So like Kim is kind of like venting to the camera, like she's mad now. And then they actually set up the Cabo trip by explaining Courtney's absence on it by Kim calling Courtney to invite her on the trip. 
and Courtney starts venting about the things she saw on the show and it becomes like a really like gnarly fight. Mm -hmm. And the question becomes, well, she's agreeing to be filmed and she then agrees to be in the shared interview scene when they like process it all together. But she still is representing this voice of, she's playing a really important role. Yes. Like of this dissenter that speaks to everything the public has to say about the family. Right. And it also turns into this narrative implosion. I mean, we know that it is like, there is a real conflict there, but I'm sure, I'm not sure of anything, but like maybe the reason she comes back is because she is like conflicted. And maybe she does understand the value of her role as a dissenter. There was a moment in an old season but there was a moment when they're talking about the public hating on the kardashians and at the point at this point she and kim were still like unified but they were especially hating on kim and courtney said something like i was the mvp i was the one that brought humor and realness and drama like she kind of knew her role Mm -hmm. and the value and i wonder if on some level she's kind of like i'm pissed i want my sisters to know it they've been baiting me into conflict and i'm mad about that because i think that's what the real subtext is is she's not mad that they're mean to her which is what she says in the show she says that my family is a thing about being mean mm-hmm. but she, she doesn't finish saying is for the cameras i think she might even realize like i'm needed here to say this shit and inflame shit more again like the big thing is like is this fight real or staged? And like you, as a viewer, you're in this like little space with them because like, they're exchanging like angry glances in the interview together. Why would they put them together in the interview? Again, it's like Courtney's agreeing to show up. She's agreeing to write right. phone calls when we see them fight, but then the fights feel very fucking real. So the viewer's placed in that strange existential like position with them. The fight's real in the sense that they don't really know when they're performing and they're, like, what they're fighting for sometimes. Well, right. And it's like, as we see in the show, Kim sits down to have a conversation with Courtney on the phone. Mm-hmm. And in a confessional, she's referencing the fact that that is a conversation that made it so that like she wasn't going to Cabo. And that, so clearly that was like a planned conversation for the show. But then like it devolves into like a very real fight where... Courtney says, I hate you. You're a witch or whatever she says. Which of course is, well, you know, it's very connected to like the themes we're going to see in American Horror Story. There's like a witch semiotic happening. Kim has looked like a witch already, like in the whole entire last season with her frosty blonde hair. That's a perfect, it's so emblematic of the conversation between real and fake because like, it's not like Courtney planned to call her witch. Mm-hmm. but it's very convenient. Or for, did she? That's a thing. We don't know. You know, like, or it's like, but she was crying when she said it. Yeah, but you really, you're like, but the crying though. Dude, I just kind of like, the tears don't legitimize anything for me. But she shows up, man. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if they know. And they, it, we really saw them treating the show like therapy. Like they're treating the interviews like these processing spaces which that was always a construct of interviews, but they kind of like put extra emphasis on like, this is where the producer prods them emotionally. And the point is uh, the human Courtney drama continues. And this time it's not being told through the Dolce and Gabbana drama. It's being told through the show itself. It's yes. like the ultimate self-referential. So meta. So meta that I can hardly keep up with it. And like, yeah. It's like confusing me and it's actually like hurting my brain. No, me too. And I'm like, I've been like training for this day my whole life as like a Kardashian watcher. You know what I mean? As like, a Kardashian academic, really. Like postmodern academic, you know, like this is, this is like, it's fulfilling its apex right now. No, for sure. And then it begs the question of like, where can I go from here? Um, so anyway, uh, then actually while they're in Cabo, they have an arbitrary guacamole making contest. Uh, and in these ways, actually, 
It's silly. It's dumb. What did we gain from watching them fight over making guacamole? But that is good writing because it does, it divides and it divides the sisters into factions. It creates tension. Humans are going to like engage with like something with any stakes, even if it's like absolutely empty stakes. They know this. Mm-hmm. So every scene has something to drive forward, including Chloe, like being really scared of whales, which obviously shows they also like bring in like, there's like a motif of phobia between like Kim's scared of spiders. And there's a whole season or not season, the episode about Kim's fear of spiders. Now, there's like dramatic editing of fear of the whales in the backyard of yes. the house. And I was, I think that's like, wait, that's just, they've given us so much of themselves that like, it's just another example of interiority on the granular level. It's like something else they can give you. Oh, she has this like secret fear of this. Mm-hmm. She's, you know what I mean? And it's like absurd stuff though. So it still might be memeable. It might be as memeable as the cucumber cutting seat, you know? Right. Which they reference. And I think that's, they never know what's going to hit on their mm-hmm. show. So I think that's why they had like a cooking segment. They're like, who knows that could grow into something. Mm-hmm. If that hits, that could grow into something. The reason they even probably thought of the cooking show segment is because the meme, the cut, cucumber cutting yes. like hit. And it's like, they probably didn't even think about that. Well said. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And cause I was thinking about this episode too. I was like, I'm watching nothing. Yeah. I'm literally watching nothing. Why is there like dramatic editing being employed for like, uh, chloe's whale phobia and it's like michelle's like it's content it's just content and it is true it's just like you know maybe twitter's gonna be all over that you know right the forum already exists that 45 minute reality show with like probably even an intuitive balance of quirky moment dramatic moment tense moment and it's like okay so what's gonna fulfill the need for dramatic music you know what i mean right right because clearly yeah because like we said we're kind of catching on to like the structure they have for this Hulu series. It's like luxury party vacation. Then it goes into like the work drama. Now, now Kim's going to have some kind of career milestone that she's going to overcome. And so there's like all these things that they need to hit that they know work. And then they're, yeah. And they're experiencing, they're experimenting with different content to fill that structure. And like every now and then like the internet catches it. Like yeah. I mean, and think about it. That's like what the algorithm is. It's like, it's like so much content that's just being thrown into this like big mess. And then you just never know what people are going to pay attention to. Yeah. No, totally. I was surprised that the internet like bought into the cucumber thing. Um, they love it. They love it. And then also, I think we could feel the onus on the Kardashians and their awareness of that onus to cater to Gen Z more. They're like pointing out, Kylie, you're Gen Z. They're having this big conversation about generational divides. Like I'm a millennial, you're Gen Z. No, I'm a millennial. Like mm-hmm. a conversation that a lot of like groups of people have today. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of grappling with this generational divide. I also noticed that all their little outfits around this Cabo mansion were kind of Gen Z formed, like the totally. jeans and the cutoffs and, it was interesting because there was a period of time. I mean, you could argue that each of them still is in their own ways because they're collaborating with these luxury houses. But there was a time, when, especially when they connected to Kanye, that they were trendsetters. They were. There was the Kardashian aesthetic that was so commodified that that's why people were angry. They felt like they were, in essence, also, you know, pervading mm-hmm. them. So it's interesting that they're kind of like, they're kind of accepting the trends and reflecting them. Right. But that's like another 
thing that makes them so powerful. It's like they know how to ride the wave always. Totally. They know how to like optimize always. They'll be in a period of like reflecting the trend until they decide to like some, try to own it again. Might be harder to do in the TikTok age, but it might be harder to do or might not be something they fully commit to because like they're ultimately like alternating between Gen Z and millennials. Like I think they know they still have millennials in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and we're watching them like go more behind the scenes. Like we'll talk about this later. The season also shows it too. Like Kim's doing more shit with like purely business so that she's not on this like content train her whole life. Even, I don't want to move into American Horror Story quite yet, but, but her character on American Horror Story. Exactly. Actually, it's oh, you don't want to move on yet. Yeah, no, not yet. Um, okay, folks, we're not moving on yet. Well, but I just want to quick say, in terms of catering to Gen Z, they also there's like a quick offhanded comment that Chloe makes where she says okay, they're they're throwing a weight back and forth to each other, and Chloe says, "Watch out for my nose job" or something. So they also understand that Gen Z is demanding more body image transparency, mm-hmm. and they're they're throwing those out there more. Yeah, like the most innocuous one. Yes, they, they always move the goalposts a little bit. So they also start the season by announcing their goals for the year. And so Chloe's like, I'm going to shed things. And Kim's like, I'm going to say no to things more, which we know what's about to happen. Like Kim is about to join American Horror Story. So clearly there will be a conflict on the show. I'm trying to say no to things more, but I've got this huge opportunity but at my Ryan feet. Murphy called. And then what do we, what do I do? That's what we're predicting. And I mean, we're going to be right. Unless they were planning to jump right into like, I got this crazy phone call the way they did with SNL a few seasons ago. Like it started with the urgency of like, this is my big moment. This is the season. But they realized they had to soften it mm-hmm. or like, edit out a lot of the AHS stuff because of the strikes. So mm-hmm. we'll see how they handle it, but obviously it'll make its way in. So that brings us to the American Horror Story part of this. It was so thematically on point for Kim about motherhood, womanhood, pain, even the intro to the show shows like maternity themed stuff, like wounds and babies, but then also like lip fillers. Yeah. One, two, three, lip fillers. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just about the condition mm-hmm. of being a woman. Yeah. Emma Roberts plays like a young actress and there's some line about, you know, I feel violated. And then Kim's character is like, that's called being a- an actress, baby, or yeah. something. More people than I expected voted on my stories that they expected Kim to play. Because we all knew that there was a really, it was going to be like a pop star is scared of is being haunted by this malevolent force. And I asked people, do you think Kim's going to play the pop star or the malevolent force? And more people than I expected voted pop star. To me, it was obvious Kim's going to be the malevolent force and they play out this role that she plays in real life. Oh, so you think she's going to be a malevolent force? I did. So now what we're finding in the show is still she's not the pop star. That's my point. She's still playing. She's playing a behind-the-scenes Chris Jenner-esque publicist. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens? Like, Kim, do you want to be on this season who do you want to be? Or is it like you are going to be this? You know what I mean? Well, this is my hope because spoiler alert, like I had a few followers on Kardashian Colloquium who were like, oh, I read the book that this is based on. And Kim just plays like a best friend character that isn't seen that much. Mm. And I was like, she better be playing a scary witch. Mm-hmm. That's like, Otherwise, what's the point of this big statement of acting and putting herself out there to be evaluated the way everyone did with her hosting SNL? Like, like, don't play it safe if you're going on American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that 
I think they might be adapting a bit from the novel from best friend to publicist. I don't know if it was a publicist in the book. Right, I mean? right. So there might be plot twists to come still and, and creative uh, liberties. Right. Yeah, just because I asked because it's like the Kardashians aren't going to be part of anything that they don't have. Like mm-hmm. it, that's not going to be some kind of chess piece in their whole yes. thing. So it's like that's interesting that like some meeting happened where it's like we're going to turn this into a Chris Jenner type character because mm-hmm. that's what we see Kim that's doing nice in real life. Me. That's totally true. Then this episode opens with like a, I'm a writer, I should know this, but what is it called? It's like the little quotes in the beginning, but something about womanhood and pain. And one thing that is interesting to think about that when we do like plastic surgery discourse around the Kardashians, or we do talk about how Kim is this toxic girl boss that's always working and always dominating Mm -hmm. the given, but the thing that, and it doesn't really matter besides, but, or does it? Mm. Their relationship to pain must be wild because the being in and out of surgeries like that, Mm-mm. it's a lot, let alone like giving birth. What we see is Emma Roberts is tasked with this decision between scheduling a work work obligation, Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen's like in the mix of like- Well, like of course he is. Yes, of like the constellation of characters. Like we know Ryan Murphy's behind the scenes, Kim Kardashian's this like- hyped up cameo and then like there's an andy cohen cameo as well andy cohen's everywhere like i'm guessing that there was like an andy cohen kim brian murphy fucking dinner at some point oh my god you know multiple like like, but in terms of like the like conception of this idea right like they head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. All we're hanging out. Yes. And then like, like, go on the show. Yeah. <laughs> They'll love it. Um, but will they? So <laughs> that's the question. That's the question. Oh, and I only pointed out to us that this theme, this concept of like a woman desperate to have a baby and being messed with has already been done on American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're like really emphasizing these Kardashian specific themes, even spiders, because there's like, as we mentioned before, with the phobia thing that the Kardashians like to bring into their storylines. Kim, the whole thing is like Kim's afraid of spiders and there's the spider motif on American Horror Story. It's kind of like a, un, they're unrolling the red carpet for Kim's role as a cameo. So I wonder if that season, because like we said, we are not American Horror Story watchers normally. So I wonder 
if that season did really well too. So it's like, here's the numbers, Mm -hmm. this kind of narrative does well. It could be that, or it really just could be like, we want Kim. She could revive some of this viewing. Mm-hmm. What's on being for Kim? Well, right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, I mean, and like Kim's no stranger to recycled narratives. She said, honey, if that shit works, I'm yes. all for it. Yeah. Um, That's all they do the sh- on Kardashians. Right. They did recycle a lot in the last episode we just watched. So yeah, we're seeing Kim be Kris Jenner. Um, oh, there's a doll. There's a doll. Oh, there's also a doll. Talk about Barbie. Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's just so in to talk about feminism now. Well, okay. That's what's interesting. The same way we're seeing a sort of narrative implosion happening on the Kardashians itself, where the new drama of the Kardashians is how the show is becoming an instigator in their relationships, mm-hmm. a trigger in their relationships. The show itself is a character and like a, an agitator, I guess is really what I mean. And then their self-referential increasing on the Kardashians by saying, oh, don't hit my nose job. So they're owning the things they do that we've always known they do mm-hmm. to maintain their like perfectly curated image production, which mm-hmm. is their labor. And then American Horror Story is talking about women's labor mm-hmm. and image production. Like we're seeing Emma Roberts take pictures of her billboard of her movie, The O'Tour, mm-hmm. and then have pain when she goes under. And then whatever like plastic surgery stuff is to come. I don't know. It's just... It's almost like the Kardashians are like starting to unveil exactly who they are mm-hmm. more and more. I think it's like the final frontier. Yes. I think they like know they have to. Yes. Because like what else? Like the, the jig is up. Like, yes. you know, and we all know it and Gen Z knows it. And like, yeah, they just have to. What's interesting is like what people I think really want to see them speak to is like the BBLs. There's things that the public that they're kind of trying to like pacify We'll still, we'll keep pushing them. It's going to be a constant conversation or like power struggle between the public and the Kardashians until like they concede to the very things they won't concede to. And they won't. I don't know if they ever will. No. Because remember like when Kris Jenner was on like Masterclass or whatever? Yeah. And it was like, oh, like finally all the secrets will be revealed. And it's like, but we wouldn't. We knew they wouldn't. I, I didn't watch the masterclass, but what they showed of it, it's like, oh, you weren't saying anything. No, it was a lot of nothing. But it, yeah, and then I thought you were going to say when season five or some shit when Kim like went to the doctor to have her blood X-rayed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be doing stuff like that anymore. Defensively, being like, you guys think this, but no, they actually do some of that. No, they do shit like, like that. Maybe it's the exact same. In terms of balance, it's just distributed differently. No, somehow. exactly. I think they just give us more in different ways. Yeah. Like, it's, like, all constant redirections, I kind of feel like. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to also acknowledge is, like, then Kendall references some fight she had with Kylie that, like, Corey got in the middle of from an older season, which I actually haven't seen yet. And she said we had a sister fight, and we were laughing. Because a sister fight is different than a fight. regular fight. And so it's funny that, like, that's a universal term. That is universal. Yeah. Yeah. And so what makes a sister fight different? I think when it, like, is about being sisters. Yeah. Meta. Yes. And it's fucking raw. Yeah, it's, like, the most pain you'll ever be in. <laughs> I it think it's kind of like you're a witch and I hate you. No, for sure. No, for sure. It's like, yeah, like the subject of the fight has to be sisterhood, yes. femaleness. Yes. Like American Horror Story. Yes. American Horror Story will be a sister fight. Right. Right. American Horror Story sister season yeah. sister fight. Yes. Okay. So two things about Kim. 
in the Kardashians, like we said, she said, I'm going to say no to things more. And then we're expecting there to be this like kind of dramatic, like phone call from Ryan Murphy or just like a decision to make about getting onto the show. Mm-hmm. Now I, we're also concurrently watching her on the American Horror Story being Chris Jenner. I mean, the subtext is, I think everyone's like, is it, it's evaluative. Everyone's going to be like, how did, how did Kim do? How did she act? So what do you think? How did she act? I honestly think she, it was kind of like SNL. She did better than Agreed. I thought she would. Yep. It, it's the same tone as SNL in a way, but just drama instead of comedy, but the same, like, I know it's Kim Kardashian, but she's not bombing, but like, there's still some like robotic, like right. cyborg there, but like, I'll take it. It's funny. Cause it's like, I guess I am surprised every time, but that's just because, like, the narrative that we're supposed to have about her. But it's, like, if we actually break it down, it's, like, she's literally in front of cameras at all times. Right. She's in a headspace. She's in a performative headspace at all times. It's not a reach plus coaching. Right. It's, like, and, yeah, is she going to, like, deliver each line as if, like, a real person said it? Maybe not. But, like, she will deliver it like Kim Kardashian does. And it'll feel natural for that reason. Exactly. This is my prediction. She's going to play supportive publicist, seemingly benevolent character, and then there's going to be a twist, and she seems scary. And mm-hmm. wearing the weird white wig and the spidery eyelashes, and then she's like a terrifying kin. Yeah, I better. In fact, I better see that. Not and to be like a toxic consumer because I hate that energy, but it's like I don't know. I like I like to be right. <laughs> I think you're right, and I think that Iomi was right when we were watching it that like the boyfriend mm-hmm. will be evil mm-hmm. eventually too. I have to say, as a Ryan Murphy critic and as someone that has been, like, either disgusted or bored anytime I've tried to give American Horror Story a chance, because honestly, even, like, the spread your legs moments on Emma Roberts when they have her, like, in the stirrups and those scenes of her dealing with these, like, gynecological things, that's when I have my thing of, like, what the fuck? Why are we sensationalizing these real traumas that women have experienced since the beginning of time? But... I don't know if it's that I'm being forced to more actively consume it because of the Kardashian frame or, but I'm like, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm engaged too. I'm engaged because yes, it's like, I don't think I need necessarily like Ryan Murphy's campy take on like women's issues. However, like IVF, you know, the pain of these procedures that are like allegedly supposed to be painless, all of this pain that women just are expected to endure and we're supposed to like downplay it. It is refreshing to like see that be depicted and see that be like honored for being like traumatic and painful. No, I felt that too. My mind was going there, but then I was like, but Ryan Murphy's form of camp is like a cold, icy camp. Does that actually invoke like a genuine like empathy or understanding mm-hmm. you know will, will that mobilize people but but whatever the point is it's it's interesting we're gonna watch because we kind of like feel a obligation to and we'll see but the point is kim is playing this particular role and if there's a back a sort of idea of like getting us used to seeing her in more like an operational role mm-hmm. our third takeaway of the week is that kim just posted a bloomberg like talk she did with Jason and her co-founder of Sky Partners, the private equity firm that she founded, announced founding a while ago. And this is why we know it's all a narrative construct that her goal is to say no, which is them being authorial. It's them being like, how do we identify create stakes in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. um, for these character arcs of each sister? Which imagine like living your life that way that you are actually approaching like your next era as a season and then you like raise your own you create your own stakes for yourself in that way 
and especially when they're also manipulative stakes for the sake of the viewer, when like your intention is not actually to say no, because she is totally, and I said this, I said this pretty like just a few months ago, Sky Partners is going to start to show up more in the public conversation around the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. I bet it'll be in this season. If not this, the next, maybe it'll be next season's big project, mm-hmm. but she's been doing some like sightings in New York, like meetings, like photo, photo ops with Jay in the streets of New York. And she just did this talk with Bloomberg. And the point is she actually in this talk with Jay Simmons, Salmon, Simmons, whatever, um, about entering the finance world, she was in her element. This mm-hmm. is where she actually, I think, really wants to be. I think she does the Ryan Murphy. She does the the Kardashians even and the fights with Courtney and for the means to the end of being a multi-genre icon, being on reality TV, being on, you know, surprising people with their low standards of her with narrative TV. Mm-hmm. But I actually think she kind of shines when she's sitting and talking business. But she can't only do that if she wants to dominate. Well, right, because it's like she's a woman, so she has to like do all the image creation too. Yes. However, I think that I think what she is going to say no to is that more and more. So I don't think that actually is a lie. Like she'll probably say no to like these kind of like one-off, like you know, these magazine things, these da da da, this fashion thing, like that. I believe she will be saying no more to. Like probably, I think you're right. Probably fewer covers. Yeah, fewer covers, but but then the scale has to be big. That she has to keep doing some of it. Like, of course, like there will be movies. No, you know? totally. I think it's just going to be different. Yeah, I think she's saying no to like what we expect her to say yes to, yes. and now it's going to be like new frontiers, as it always is with her. And then we get used to it, and then there's new yeah. ones, and then there's yeah, like never crazy how it keeps those ceiling keeps rising. Catch me never working like that. Never, ever, ever. I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, this bitch is like nodding, like, yeah, I totally agree. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be fun. But I do understand like the addiction to it. Well, I believe if you have like a dream and a drive, that's like what you do. But what sucks about it, it's like at this point, if you want to communicate a message or make a mark, the information economy, the attention economy, the landscape is so fractured that you have to be doing like the wild high skill shit she's doing to like make that stand all the time. And so it's, and it's a digital landscape thing. Like it's easier, I think, to feel like you're really making a mark in your community if people weren't so lost in the simulacrum. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, absolutely. The age we're in right now just bastardizes the idea of hard work. Yes. Like there is value and hard work and making something that you care about and believe in like to help others or to like develop yourself right but like just on on a personal level i don't find value in like just getting yourself on every single person's like smartphones no for sure it just seems like so thankless i know well it is also because like if you're doing it in the digital realm like you it could all implode it will all implode no, exactly. And yeah. then it's like, for what? Like, yeah. it's it's doomsday and there's no more books. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Like, and the Kardashians are in a bunker, having sister fights and yeah. chilling, and the rest of us are burning and dying. No, exactly. Um, so on that note, who was the NPC of the episode? <laughs> so we're just going to, we have to wrap up, but we're going to skip back to the Kardashians and we're going to, you know, in classic form, let's still choose an NPC. I would like to say that the NPC is this woman scurrying in the background of the shot in Cabo. She had a green sweater on. Yes. 
some production person like, Kendall's joining and then like the camera like cuts to like Kendall running out in her bikini from like this like blank like empty weird mansion and then like running after her at the same pace as this woman in a green sweater and then they never close the loop on who it was who's the woman in the green sweater like is it like somebody who worked at the house is it somebody who worked on the production is it Kendall's assistant yeah does she was she running out of the shot does she feel shame for being in the shot yeah. does she is she like oh it's fine they're meta now right it's fine like da, da, da. or is she gonna be like stupid 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 <laughs> we can explain the stupid stupid oh the stupid 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 is just like you know when like you do something that causes you like internal shame <laughs> and so then you hit your forehead and go stupid 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 <laughs> marie and her friend have like a joke about that and like when she told me like maria and i like say stupid stupid <laughs> but i was like holy shit that's no. your embodiment of something i feel every day oh yes um, okay no i agree she's the npc i agree with you and like they're doing their weird bikini photo shoot and and what's interesting about that scene was that there was there was kind of like Let's do a bikini shoot. Like, let's take bikini pictures. Let's take for thirst traps for Instagram. Because we're all, like, single ladies. But, like, it became, like, a full-blown photo shoot. It was another scene of Kardashian image production that actually contributes to their larger brand. It's, like, we've all done, like, moments of, like, being girly girls. Like, let's do thirst traps. But, like, this result was really weird and, like, sexualized. Yeah. And Like, also- catch us? Never. No. By the we're sisters, that's our brand, but you will never fucking see that shit from us. No, we don't we don't even really like to hug, but you're still my best friend and like I would die for you. I know a pair of sisters back in the day who literally made out at a high school party. So no. Not the vibe. Your sister vibes. I mean there there is like a there is like a category of that. Yeah, not to yuck anyone's yum, I guess, but like <laughs> there are some weird fucking sisters who do it. But like we but will it's never. sisters it's sisters that have been like groomed, I think, by like the male gaze. That's yeah, honestly. They don't want to make out. They yeah. really need. Yes. No, for sure. And I think you accept be- all sisters. Yeah. If your sister and you value your sister relationship, which you do, even if it's like conflicted, because like it's fucking sisters. Yes, it's hard. It's it's a this is a safe sister space. Yeah, like I'm not gonna judge you if you made out with your sister, but like but I, I am, will refer you to therapy. Yes. And I think that you being a lesbian like helped mm-hmm. with that. No, for sure, boundaries. Okay, so that's our NBC. Unless like the other NBCs, the whales that Chloe pretended to be scared of. And the other NBCs are like the fucking like flamethrowers that like came to the house. Like that's just like what happens when you're like rich. Yes. The you get a little taste of Mexico. Right. Like it's like God forbid, like, but you won't actually see Mexico. No, exactly. But they did some light outrage baiting actually. Like Chris, like say things in Spanish and it's like, oh, you want to do it with a little touch of like Chris like trying to do a Spanish Right. Outside. No, totally. Yeah. They always will. We did I it. The caffeine started to hit me halfway through. I know. I think this ended up being a pretty good combo. I feel like the listeners like must always notice like some kind of energetic arc because like we are always tired when we start. Yeah. <laughs> when we end, we're like animated. Yeah, we can count on that sister energy. Right. Um, okay, thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. We appreciate you. If you're listening, then we appreciate you. Oh my god, for real. Um, cool. Okay, bye, bye. guys.